A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long tube with a bunch of demons. Do you believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ. No, he is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. <laughs> My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God by faith in his son. <laughs> Corinthians, right? Two Corinthians, three, seven. Victory in the name which is above every name. No exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme. Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. going to heaven and you know you ain't got no sin in your life, it's a good time to die. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog False Teacher of the Week, episode 16. I'm your host, the Evangelical Norm. Um, we're going to actually take a break from the video, uh, the journey we're going through, the intro video, uh, to the Master's Dog podcast. So, a little background information for those of you who may just be joining us now. Uh, this segment of the podcast for the Master's Dog is inspired by one of the ladies that I go to church with had asked about the intro video to the podcast. So if you're listening online and you're just doing the audio, you may not be aware that there's actually an introduction video with all those voices that you hear. Um, you, you're just appreciating a, a great song by result. Um, but head over to youtube check out the uh the channel and just take a look at the intro video and so one of the ladies from church said well i don't know everybody in that video and don't know why they're all false teachers and so on so it would be really cool if you could kind of break it down so that's where the inspiration for false teacher of the week came from was to break down that video so we've been going i actually started with stephen Furtick because that's who she specifically asked about and then since then i've just been going 
you know, bit by bit through the video as false teachers pop up in the video, we have addressed who they are and so on. But this week we uh, would be on Todd White, which is one of those that I'm really excited to do. Um, I've been following Todd White for a long time, but it's also October 31st, which means, which means it's Reformation Day. And I thought it would be appropriate to take a hiatus uh, from the video. We'll get to Todd White next week. Um, little teaser there for those of you who just might be interested in what I might say. A lot of you probably know exactly what I'm going to say about Todd White. But for those who want to see what I've got to say about Todd White, hang out. Uh, check us out next week. But this week, in honor of Reformation Day, our friend Martin Luther, who uh, in... 1517 on October 31st nailed his 95 thesis to the wooden door of the chapel at Wittenberg, Germany. We are going to let this week's false teacher of the week be none other than Pope Francis. And we could lump in all the popes preceding him as far back as they called them Pope. <laughs> um, so, this is, again, Pope Francis, so I'm going to get uh, all the background information I can on this gentleman. Um, pope Francis was ordained as Pope Francis on the, uh, oh, his, his first ordination as a priest uh, was uh, the 13 December 1969 was when he was ordained as a priest, apparently. Um, he was... Uh, his papacy began March 13th, 2013, when uh, an interesting situation happened, which usually doesn't happen. Most popes uh, replace a dead pope. He replaced the live pope, Benedict the 16th, I think it was, stepped down, retired from being the pope, which they don't do very often, um, and Francis uh, took his place. Francis was born Jorge Mario Berholio. Um, 17th of December, 1936, uh, he is 83 years old. He was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, and so now he is the Bishop of Rome, uh, the pick your name for this man. I won't call him anything father, holy, anything like that because he's not. Um, uh, so... There's a little background about uh, Pope Francis. Uh, I mean, we could get into all the, just the political stuff that this individual Pope has, has kind of gone off the rails with, um, abandoning uh, Catholic tradition and Catholic doctrine and so on, you know, with the whole, just recently within, I want to say the last two weeks, he came out in favor of same-sex marriages, um, saying that the church needed to be more welcoming to the LGBTQ community, which I'm all about churches welcoming those people. I'm just not about making them comfortable in the pew. They should hear about their sin. They should hear about their need to repent. Uh, they should not have the leader of, of that particular church uh, um, legitimizing their uh, bastardization of marriage and so on. So we could get into all that, but I mean, ultimately, if we're going to talk about false teacher of the week, we should just talk about the massive false teaching that has been Catholicism for centuries. 
uh, you know, some of the things that we could look at that, that qualify this man as a heretic um, and, and blasphemous as that is the fact that he thinks as the Pope, he is essentially the mediator between, uh, between Christ and man. Whereas Jesus has made it clear that he is the only mediator between God and man. There is no, no mediator priest. You know, I mean, there are, we recognize clergy authority in the sense of, you know, pastors who care for their flock and so on, um, you know, heads of, of massive religions. And so, you know, we could, we could recognize like the, the president of the LDS church, which we'll get to him in a couple of weeks as well. But um, as being the leader of that massive uh, organization, organizations need leaders. There's nothing wrong with that. But when that leader deems himself the man who gets to proclaim doctrine over and above what the scripture says, over and above what anybody says, I mean, basically on his own whim, uh, there's problems with that. And it's a scary situation to have a man who can legitimately well illegitimately uh proclaim doctrine to essentially you know cover up uh um, provide for his own sin his own desires i mean i'm amazed that that none of the popes up to this point have have uh gone against the law of celibacy and so on i mean that's you would think that rather than you know Hiding because, again, men are men and they're sinful men. And as much as we have repented and so on, you know, I the temptation and is there for pornography, adultery, and so on. I can only imagine what, what the ability with this kind of power and this kind of, uh, I, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to go there, <laughs> but because um, that's a, that's a rabbit trail in and of itself. But the Pope being able to uh, proclaim ex cathedra, you know, from the chair, uh, whatever it is that he decides is to be doctrine, and that's that's a problem because he's putting himself over what God has revealed as what should be sound orthodox doctrine through the scripture so i mean that in itself that makes him a heretic to to put himself over the word of god is heretical and is blasphemous and is just not a good idea so there's that but then there's also there's uh the veneration of mary the worship of mary um the worship of saints, the veneration of saints. You know, Catholics would say they don't worship them, but anytime you are praying to somebody other than Christ, you're literally offering them worship because prayer is a form of worship. And so the fact that in Catholicism, you see them praying to saints and Mary and so on, other than, and again, Placing another mediator between them and God. Where Christ says, I am the only mediator. There's there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Right? There is one mediator between God and man. And that is the, the God-man, 
Jesus Christ. So anybody who would, you know, I mean, when you look at, at Reformed theology and, and Protestant pastors and so on, our pastors of our church, as ministers of the gospel of Christ, we will, when we uh, administer communion and so on, I should say they will. I'm no longer a pastor in my church, uh, but um, I stepped down from the elders team earlier this year. So they do, they administer the communion. And at the end, they, they say, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I proclaim you clean of your sin if you have repented in Christ. It's not that they are making saying that we can cleanse you of your sin. They are saying that we have been given the authority in Christ. We have been given a duty to make it clear to you that your sin has been absolved if you are in Christ, if you have repented. Again, it is not that, that we just go around and go, you're absolved, you're absolved, you're absolved, you do this, you do this, and you're absolved. We recognize that one has to repent, and it is Christ that gives the absolution we just stand there as those who have been given the authority to administer the sacraments, to make the proclamation. And so, but when you have the Pope, he is literally putting himself in the place of saying, I create doctrine, I give absolution, and so on. And that's blasphemous. That is heretical. Those are false teachings that do not line up anywhere with Scripture. But again, Catholicism has that little, you know, that little loophole that they say, well, we have tradition, we have ex cathedra, we have all these other things along with the Bible that we can use to say we make this. And that was where, you know, indulgences, the indulgences is a, just a, a horrible, blasphemous, abominable uh, practice that happened in the very early church probably never truly went away but this pope uh brought back uh openly and a couple of situations where he was saying if you do this and this we can give you absolution for uncle george who is in purgatory and we can get him out a little earlier but you have to do these things that's blasphemy that is, that is putting yourself in a place that only God should be. God determines where the final resting place of man is. Scripture makes it clear that there is no purgatory. So it's either heaven or hell. And there's nothing that you can do. I mean, there's nothing that I can do to, be, to, to absolve myself of, of sin, let alone absolve someone else of their sin. My works cannot set anybody free from purgatory or take any time you know it, it doesn't work that way the only thing that absolves any man from sin is the work that christ did on the cross he was bruised for our iniquity he was crushed for our transgressions the punishment that brought us peace was upon him so nothing i can do can earn any kind of indulgence for anybody including myself or dead relatives it is appointed once for man to die and then judgment and so once people, someone is dead, there's nothing you can do. So the, the practice of indulgences is a, a blasphemous, heretical practice that the, the Catholic Church has been guilty of for millennia. And so, 
again, those are the, um, we're in 15 minutes, so we're going to wrap it up. I mean, that's enough. We could go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, you know, the whole purpose of the Reformation, the whole uh, intent of, of Martin Luther and nailing the 95 theses to the, to the chapel door in Wittenberg and going down the path that God led him down to, to ultimately come to the place where we can say no peace with Rome. Uh, that's, that's thrown in specifically for Luke Walker. Um, <laughs> there is no peace with Rome. Rome is a heretical, false gospel, false teaching, uh, pseudo-Christian, uh, heretical sect. I don't know how else I can describe it. Uh, but that's that that's the deal. And the Pope himself, and unless we get to a Pope who is going to repent of those sins, uh, disassemble the, um, disincorporate, whatever word you want to use to describe it, uh, the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church to um, dissolve Rome in and of itself, uh, every Pope that comes along will be a heretic as long as they maintain the heretical teachings of Catholicism that have been there for thousands of years. Every Pope that steps into the line of succession will be by default a heretic by even taking on the role and the title of Pope because there, there can be no peace with Rome. Um, until Rome repents, until the Catholic Roman Catholic Church repents of, of her sin and, and turns back to uh, sola scriptura, sola fide, sola gratia, sola Christus, soli Deo gloria, there's no salvation within the, the Catholic Church and there is, uh, there's no authority um, in, in the chair in ex cathedra, um, in the Holy See, any of those things. There's, there's no authority there. This man is our false teacher of the week, Pope Francis. He is a heretic. He is a blasphemer. Um, and now he's just kind of turning into a, uh, a squishy liberal leftist, uh, pick your terminology, as he continues to move the entirety of Catholicism into uh, the world of left-wing politics. So there you go. False teacher of the week, number 16, Pope Francis. Uh, the papacy in and of itself is our false teacher of the week this week. I hope you found this helpful. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.